Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. To episode 45 of the podcast. If you keep track of the way we do things, you know it's about time for a Gamefly episode. So that's what this is going to be. We have three games picked out. Yes. Um, one of which I, I don't remember at all, and one I didn't play, and one I barely played. So you might be hearing a lot of Blake on this one. But before that, I want to bust through the, the internet stuff, social media, and all that fun, all those fun things. Uh, so before, we're going to keep pushing it. Uh, we'd love for you to support Blake with his uh, writing endeavors. He has a story that's on Amazon. It's uh, easy to find. You just search They Come This Night, and it pops up real fast on Amazon. Uh, just either buy it. It's 99 cents. Read it. If you read it, uh, leave him a review. He would like reviews on their honest reviews. I always say when we talk about it, don't just be, don't just go on there and leave a review because you're a fan of Blake on the podcast. He likes honest reviews. Um, after that, we do have the Patreon going, of course. I've explained what it's... Airbnb, you know what a Patreon's for by now if you listen to podcasts. It's just to help help support the podcast itself. There's two tiers on there. You just pick whichever one you're comfortable with and help us keep things going here. Uh, next, of course, is Twitter. We... Uh, been using that more so than uh, Facebook when we can because it just seems like it's more uh, quick and more well, personal is the right word. It's just well, it seems better than Facebook when it comes to getting getting to your people because Facebook tends to pay. hide you if you don't yeah. pay them. Uh, then we do have even more, I guess, more personal than that. We do have our Discord server, of course, but you can get on there and talk to us, talk to us, and directly. And I've set up the Discord to have different. Uh, sections or di- for the different different aspects of the podcast, and it's still there. We still have the Facebook, of course. If you if you still prefer Facebook over everything else, and Blake runs the Instagram where uh, he posts the art and other pictures and things he finds uh, based around the games and TV shows and whatever we talk about. I think he posts band. band I do the pictures. bands. I, I get album art and stuff like that, and pictures of the band and themselves. Then, uh, after that, we still have the the Reddit page, which I don't use at all. I said, I said before, we both said we kind of like Reddit Reddit more than some of these other things. But uh, we need people on the Reddit for to, to use the Reddit. So we have to get people on there. Nobody seems interested, but so the Reddit kind of stays dormant. Yeah. Just fine. We don't, I mean, we'll, we'll use it if it needs to be used. And then lastly is my uh, the Spotify playlist that I make that is the... All the songs that I've played on the uh, podcast, all all put together on one Spotify playlist. Uh, all these things, except for Blake's story, everything can be found by searching the name of our podcast. And we usually pop up wherever you search our name of our podcast. If you want to find us on any of these things, 
uh, just search the full name of the podcast, or you could try just two smoking controllers. A lot of places it condenses down and it still pops up anyway. So do what you can. Join the, the fun that is all our internet stuff. I think that's all I have for the internet stuff. You got anything you want to add? Uh, I don't think so. I think we covered it all pretty quickly, pretty well. Awesome. Probably the best time, the best way I've ever covered all that. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to go? We got so we say again. We got three games. We got them. Uh, I think we have them, we have them in the order of least played to most played. I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll let, I'll let Blake take over with the first game. The first game we're we'll talking about is called Dollhouse. It was originally developed by Crazen Studio. Uh, so far, they've only put out two games. They've put out this and another game called Infected. Infected is a uh, it's a four-player survival horror game. It seems interesting, but I think they're working on it. I couldn't find a lot of trailers or anything for it. And as far as Dollhouse itself, it's been it was announced like in 2013. But it didn't actually come out until May twenty four of twenty nineteen. Huh. Would you? I can understand that it's it's only a studio of eleven people out of um, London. That's half of twenty two. Mm-hmm. So they're half as efficient as a normally staffed studio. Indie indie studio, I guess. Twenty two seems to be the sweet spot. And so they announced it, and I think what took so long is when I was looking into it. They had to, they ended up scrapping it three times before they got it to where they wanted it. Like started from, like, erased it and started completely from scratch? I don't think it was completely from scratch, but it says they had to re-deconstruct and rebuild it three times. Hmm. So it just wasn't getting it to where they wanted, which is actually kind of sad considering that when we played it, I really didn't enjoy it all. I played for maybe an hour or two, and I was like, "This is not for me." Yeah, I don't. I barely remember playing it at all. But I, I'll maybe talk about the game, what the type of game it is, will help me remember what yeah. I did. It is a action adventure survival horror noir, noir. game. Hmm. It uh, you what was the one before? You play as uh, Marie who is a detective in Hollywood in the 1940s, I think, 40s and 50s. And she, she's, I guess she's amnesic. And so she's trying to unsolve her past whilst solving cases at the same time. Um, you say unsolve her past? Yeah, I don't know. That thing? I don't know. I, that was a trick to words. And so what happens is she delves into her mind palace, which is a common theme in a couple of these ty- styles of games, mm-hmm. only because she is amnesic or her past is foggy. I'm not, I didn't play it enough to figure out exactly why. Mm-hmm. But it, instead of it being this cool, like, coordinated palace or box room, or I've seen, like, a lot of different mind palaces in certain medias and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Hers is literally just a dark, <clears throat> twisting labyrinth. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's rep- represent her jacked up mind. I don't know. And also, um, I found out, too, the 
the, her mind to the, each map you go into for whatever memory solving is procedurally generated mm. just to even further the confusion and the depth of her I, her confusion or madness I'm not sure I don't think she's mad because she seems pretty there mm-hmm. but then you spend a lot of time in her head and things are always disjointed when in someone's psyche and her one of the taglines for the game was uh I thought was just kind of funny. It was welcome to the dark side of Hollywood. Hollywood's always been dark. It's never yeah. It's never been light and sunny, I don't think. It's always been a dark, scary and depressing place. So I thought that was kind of funny. So I'm gonna bump through a couple of quick things and then hop back to yeah. the story. Um the game has a multiplayer apparently the multiplayer, you can play up to 14 characters that you meet in the story. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that multiplayer was booming. The whole point of the multiplayer, I think, was it's it seems similar to Among Us because it's, it's murder everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a game of cat and mouse, and you have to murder, and the last person alive wins. But if you get, I think if you got caught murdering people, you were automatically out type thing mm-hmm. is what it seemed like, but at a much smaller scale. <clears throat> As well as the uh, the multiplayer, they bragged about customization of gameplay, and as well as in the multiplayer, because there's like I don't know forty ish, forty plus uh, abilities, both active and passive, that you could equip your character with. Like, where was all this stuff in the main game? I think we had to slowly unlock it. You had to slowly un- unfurl it, unlock it. But I did find out we must have. They did put out, like I said the game came out in May, and it says uh, in late November of the same year, they put out a massive update that was supposed... Do we miss that? We may have missed that. We may have played it before the update came out. Because hmm. I know we played it a while ago. You know, a while since we played it, yeah. Yeah. So maybe they updated, maybe we should go back and check it out, but it says the update was supposed to fix a bunch of issues, bug issues, and... Stuff like that that people were complaining about. So maybe it's gotten it's better. A, and we played a. That's just a multiplayer. Well, they would update multiplayer. People they updated were, everything. It was a. Playing it. it was a mass update to everything. And that probably were, because I knew we had uh, some customizable abilities when we played, but we weren't. There weren't many because you had to upgrade. And because part of the tutorial was specifically equipping a certain skill. And if you equipped a different skill, you couldn't complete the tutorial. So you had to specifically do what it wanted you to do. I remember getting kind That's of confused. Some tutorials are like that anyway. You got to do a certain thing to move forward in the tutorial. Uh, do you get more stuff? Or are you going to try to explain what the game? How do you how the, how do you play the game? I'm going to try to explain uh, the game and then do well, one of the other core mechanics. Is the whole point is as you're going through your what's I'm looking for. You're trying to like unlock the parts of her mind, and you have to find locked doors, and you have to find keys, but all the keys are randomly generated, and all the locked doors are randomly generated. <laughs> so you're kind of running around lost a lot of the time, and there's no mini-map. One of the uh, mechanics is it's, uh, what was it? I think there were chalk lines, but you, and you got up to three pieces of chalk, but apparently one X makes an entire chalk stick go away. So I was like, whatever. And some one of the other possibilities is holding more uh, chalk, chalk and then making chalk last twice as long, type Two thing. Two uses instead yeah. of one. 
and you would just mark an X to let you know you've already gone down that set of corridors. So you would know to never go back down there. You've already checked them. And then you would keep going until you found the key key or keys to unlock these doors. And while you're doing all this stuff, there's some creep factor going on where like uh, statues are moving or you go down a hallway. It's mannequins, ain't it? Mannequins are all, yeah. all over the place. And uh, as you're walking through, sometimes a man- you'll go into a room, there's nothing, you turn around, you hear a noise, you- and you turn back around, and there's a mannequin blocking that doorway, and you can no longer go into that room. So it's kind of like, it slowly makes itself smaller and smaller, but another reason why it's making the, uh, the play field smaller and smaller is there's a thing, as far as I can tell, I think it had a name, but as far as I can remember, it was called The Pursuer. It's your pursuer, capital P. And it's constantly hunting for Marie to murk her. Mm-hmm. And you have one cool additional ability that's think it's got a whole button dedicated to it. It's like triangle or something. And it was it's focus and it lets you see through your pursuer's eyes. Yeah, I don't remember doing that at all. And so you can actually like but the only problem is you do that and you're you have you stand completely still. So it happened to me it, once while I was like, I'm going to look through the pursuer's eyes. I hit the, the the focus button, and it was right behind me, and I died. And I was like, oh, well, that was lovely. But it would be co- I think it would be cooler if maybe it weren't procedurally Random. generated. Yeah. Because that way, because I don't want to spend 100 hours in this room that's randomly generated, running around trying to, I don't say 100 hours. Everybody but, looks the same, too. Yeah, that's the other thing. It was very, very low. And it was also, I think, sepia-toned or black and white due to the noir nature of the film. So it nothing really, really stood out. Mm-hmm. It's easier to generate that kind of stuff and everything looks the same. And so you, I, I think the goal is, if you're running around and you pop to the pursuer and you're like, oh, the pursuer is at a four-way stop with a, a torch in one of the holes... I know where that's at. I'm not going to head, you know. But if it's randomly generated, it's hard to map that stuff out. And especially if you're going to a new place every single time. It doesn't... Is that the entire game? I barely, I I barely played an hour or so of this. I think you're supposed to get out of her head because it talks about meeting other people and doing some actual investigative work. But I never got out of the head in the tutorial. Yeah. To actually play the game. I got annoyed. I got lost. I was like, this is not fun. I played... I, don't, I didn't play it an entire night, but I definitely gave it a fair... I gave it what I think is a fair shot. I played it for about two hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe three. I don't know. You, but couldn't, I, you, couldn't figure out, you couldn't figure out that first part. I just know that I wasn't having fun. Yeah. You should not die in tutorials. Unless part of the tutorial is... Showing you how death works. Yeah, showing you like death as a mechanic in the game. And <clears> I don't think it was a mechanic in the game. I think it, it started you back at your original spawn point with none of your stuff you've picked up. You can make it back to that point and pick up all your stuff. But I'm like, I don't know what half this stuff does. What is going on? And I I really, I just wasn't having a really good time. And from what I can tell, a lot of the reviews and a lot of other people who've played it talk about it being a great, amazing, cool concept. But it would have worked better as like a TV show or movie versus the video game. Maybe it's... Hard to make that stuff. I mean, it's hard to make a video game. It's also hard to make a, a TV show. But or a the movie concept game. works better 
in a watching capacity than as an interactive capacity. Well, she's running around in circles lost in a movie would be more entertaining than you running around lost in a movie in a video game. Maybe because at least the movie you wouldn't be stumped; it would continue forward. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she would find a way out and stuff. But past that. I really don't have a whole lot of anything else to talk about on it. Yeah, that's, that's the point of these episodes is games. We, did, we didn't play very long in the show, the the use of Gamefly. It's, we were able to rent this. Thankfully, we, we didn't. Well, I don't think, I'm not sure if this was the game we would have ever bought anyway. Nope, I don't but think so. I'll put anything on the Gamefly list because that's what it's for. So this comes to the house. We both play it one night, probably. Yeah. And we send it back and move on to the next thing on the Gamefly list. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you what jumped out at me to put on the game fly because I would literally put anything that's not a military shooter or a sports game, really. Yeah, anything that looks even remotely interesting onto the game fly list. Um, but yeah, I don't have. I don't have anything because I barely. It's, it's been a long time because as I scrolled through the list to find the games, it's we have. We've actually had a pretty good, pretty good run on game fly on games we've actually played all the way through and beat and stuff like that. So it took Quite me a while few. to scroll down and find a. Excuse me. Games we actually just sent back without, without beating. So without yeah, all of these were. I don't think any of them lasted the weekend. Quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, it's short and sweet. It's kind of what we wanted. You ready to move on to the second game? I am. Are you? Yeah. All right. Uh, you want? Since you, you played this one, right? I played it, but you have all the information. Do you don't remember any of it? <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember, I remember the running around and some of the exploring. But you all get, right, well, I'll get you into have, you it. Have all, you have all the data. And stuff. The next game we're talking about is called Elix. originally came out October 17th, 2017. Its developer is uh, Piranha Bytes, or maybe it's Piranha Bytes Studio. I forget which. Um, they're a German-based company out of uh, Essen, I think it's called. They have they rock about 32 employees, which is a, a larger sum. They've been around for some time. Yeah, uh, They've been around since 1997. And they've made eight games in total, though it see it this it seems to be mostly the same genre of game. It's a what do you call it a a European RPG is what they're yeah, called, they're, similar to that of like Witcher. Yeah, I would say what you would you would compare them to. I mean, you're not gonna play. You're, I don't think you're gonna, you're gonna play one of their games and be like, "This is kind of like Witcher." No, but I mean, like in the style or subgenre of version of it being a European RPG instead of a JRPG or, or Amer- just or an American RPG. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's a distinct style where. Yeah, I um, I'm not sure what what how what distinction that makes how it makes it different than any other game. But well, in I think from my opinion, in like a European RPG is like it's like, hey, don't go in the woods. You'll get attacked by bees and die. And you're like, Psh, I don't even listen to you. I'm going to the woods. Yeah, I'm an American. Where you get attacked by bees and die because you have nothing. Yeah. You can't just shoehorn, uh, shoehorn your way through, strong arm your way through. You have to 
levels legitimately matter not only do levels matter but understanding of the game mechanics matter as well yeah, you can't quick, just kind of wing it yeah so i think that that's that's how i judge a european rpg yeah, not as handholdy as american and because the other games they've made is they've made gothic one two three and a part of two there's a dlc for two which they had a hand in as well mm-hmm. i forget what it was called and then they there was i don't think i played any, i think a lot of the gothic games were on pc yeah, I think so as well. And then the uh, the Risen's <clears throat> the Risen series. Yeah, I've played I've played played and beat two of the three. What was it? One, two, Dark Waters, three Titan Lords. Titan Lords, yeah. yeah. So I played I, I played and beat Risen one and two on the three sixty back in the day. I just never got around to the third game. <laughs> it is it is out now and oh, you, it's been out for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And Elix was just a kind of Elix is actually fairly uh I say it's fairly similar. You, you can tell that you can explain the type of game it is, but it's fairly yeah. similar to. Uh, I did want to say one quick thing: that Piranha Bytes is actually a subsidiary of THQ Nordic nowadays. Yeah, I think they, that's recent. Yeah, they they absorb them or bought them or, you keep doing you, we'll help you keep doing you though type thing. Because yeah. we're, th- we're, we're big fans of THQ Nordic around here. Saved a lot of stuff. You keep a lot of a lot of smaller companies going. Now, like we said earlier. Uh, European RPG style, and if you're familiar with Gothic or Risen, you know where we're about to go. It's, it's open world. I don't know if Gothic was open world or not. It may. It may have been small areas. Yeah, smaller, smaller back in the day. But it's an open world action adventure RPG mm-hmm. where you you level up, you learn spells and stuff like that. And they're third person, not like like a third person like The Witcher, not like uh, first person like Skyrim. Of course, like, you can't play Skyrim in third person. But yeah, but it's you can. It's just janky. And so, as it goes on, this seems to be more of a sci-fi fantasy, is what it appears to be, because there's gun To Elix, yeah. To to Elix, specifically. Because Risen 1 is straight, just regular fantasy. You wake up with, you like, crash a boat on an island, and you wake up in a fantasy. Kind of a dark dark fantasy, and you kind of explore. We have a stick and no clothes, and you kind of just explore, meet people, and then the story picks up and you just get around the whole island. When I played uh, Risen 2, it had a, more of a pirate theme to it. You kind of, you were a specific dude. Like, you, you didn't have amnesia in that game. You were a dude that kind of just abandons his family to go find treasure, more or less. He wasn't very likable, but it was a, still a pretty good game. And it actually, almost, it played a lot like the first Risen just had more of a pirate theme to it, uh, exploring an island and stuff like that. And then uh, I never I never got around to, supposedly Titan Lords goes back to the fantasy side of things and kind of abandons the pirates stuff and then along comes a few years later uh after risen three comes elix which is leans back towards the fantasy side but then mixes in a bunch of modern and uh, modern modern stuff and sci-fi and kind of smashes it all together into one uh area i guess yeah. you see the fantasy stuff and you see buildings that look modern and then you see there's sci-fi weapons and spaceships. I think what happens is I think it was a futuristic society that fell. Because mm-hmm. as you get into the game, there are... Because you, you start with your main character who is uh, named Jax. Mm-hmm. And he is a member of the super elitist group, the uh, the Alb, Albs, A-L-B-S. And they 
see themselves as the rulers of the planet or territory. I'm not entirely sure how wide the area of play where it was. Mm-hmm. But during, but in the area of play, you had the Albs, who hated everybody and everybody hated them. And then you had three other core groups of people. You had Berserkers, Outlaws, and Clerics. Now, the Berserkers were... They completely shunned technology in the f- in form of magic. But what they... Either they were stupid and didn't fully understand, because you find out kind of early that Albs get their their abilities and the ability to interact with high-end technology because they infuse their bodies with this substance called Elix. Mm-hmm. And now the Berserkers used Elix to perform magic. But it's not the same thing because they're using it out of their bodies as opposed to interfering, interfacing with technologies and stuff like that. And I believe clerics did the same thing, except for they used the te- they couldn't use the magic. They could use the technology, but they didn't infuse it into their bodies. They used like battery packs and stuff like that, and just straight technology. While outlaws <laughs> were just a bit of everything, just thieves stealing from everybody, using their own thing, and it basically. Eventually, you get to pick if you want to be in one of the three things. Yeah, uh, I don't remember Risen 2, per se, but I know Risen 1 had three. Because you played Risen 1. It lit for a while. I don't know if I ever beat it, but, but I did it had, it. it had three, uh, what do they call it? Uh, cults, organizations. Cult organizations. Uh, what is it? Factions. Factions, that's the word. That's the word. Yeah, so they go. had three factions, too, and you end up picking one of the factions. I think that's an ongoing thing. I'm pretty, it might have been in Risen 2 as well. So, but Elix has the different factions, and you get different stuff depending on which faction. And I don't think you could join because the all the all the factions oppose each other. So I don't think you could actually join one playthrough. I don't think you can join multiple factions. No, I think you could switch, but once you switch, I think it your the whole other faction. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it lets you. I think that's part of that. Like you talk oh, about okay. that, your, that European thing. Like you can't just you can't flip flop around. You know, like you, your choices. You're stuck with what you. Yeah, no mulligans or reneging on decisions and stuff yeah. like that. And so one of the weird things that happened is how your, your main character, Jax, he is an alb, mm-hmm. but something happens to him. He gets struck by an enemy trap or an ancient... No, it's at the beginning where he's, he's being chased and he, they shoot him off that cliff. It's an opening cutscene. Okay, I don't remember. It's been a minute. <laughs> he's at the, it's at the very the, beginning of the game. He, but he, So he's being chased by other albs, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember finding out why they were chasing him. That's because we, we didn't play the game all the way through. Yeah, but regardless, yeah, well, this is a game. So we'll I'll say on the Friday we didn't pl- we, we didn't play this game very long. Uh, this has nothing to do with the game being bad in any kind of way. I think we were both in a both kind of in a place. I don't know if it was because of other games we were playing, but this is a game. I wasn't really feeling like a big open because it's a big. You look at the map; it's a big game. It's I wasn't a- feeling like a big, large open world game at the moment, which which is I could have. If I had sorted the game fly, maybe or looked at game fly, I, I, I may have moved this game down. So there's a small, I mean, no promises. There's a small chance we could, we might come across Elix again sometime later in our gaming career. You might it might it might get its own full full deal. Especially but if, this is just covering the fact that we played it a little bit for game fly and sent it back. So it's just not this isn't because it's a bad game. I just wasn't. We I remember just, at the time both of us were just kind of like I don't really feel like doing this whole whole open world thing right now. Yeah. yeah, 
Maybe, I'm not sure if we were in a funk or anything. We just, I don't know, we just weren't feeling it at the time. Because I do like European RPGs. I like, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of open world, that being said, but. Yeah. But you said back to what you were, I just want to make that clear while we, because there's, there's a couple a couple more things to talk about while, while we played it. But it is an opening. You don't, you don't know why, he, I forget why he's, you don't know why he's getting chased. And he runs up to this, this cliff and these, this bad guy who clearly knows your character and these two lackeys, they tell you they tell him to kill you and he shoots you and you fall off a cliff. And you wake up. I guess he wakes up some time later, and he hasn't been because you got to. I guess for Alves have to count, like ingest Elix on the regular. Yeah, and he be hasn't infused. Be infused, but he hasn't. I, mean, I don't know how long. I don't know how often you got to do it, but he was knocked out long enough that he kind of had lost his Alb abilities. So. He wakes up being grave robbed, <laughs> and he's been yeah, being uh, ransacked like he's a dead body. And so, speaking of that, the the entire game, as far as I could tell, was voiced and voiced well. Yeah, well. But the only everybody but Jax. I would say the only <laughs> odd note. The, main character. the only odd note was Jax himself. Yeah. Because everyone else talked normal. You know, this guy sounded like a barbarian. This guy sounded like a, a slick, you know, rogue yeah, like the Al, character. The Alb, that dude, the dude, dude, dude that's chasing you. He said the Al, I guess I assume all their Alps sound kind of hoity-toity. Yeah, a little uppity. Yeah. But then when you get Jack, he's like, Hey, who are you? Yeah. What's going on? And everyone else is like, Oh, we're doing fine. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I don't know. And you're like, Whoa, why is your voice nine octaves lower than everybody else in the world, buddy? Yeah. It, it, was, it was weird. It kind of was a little off-putting. It was. I, I don't think it was meant to be comical, but it definitely added some <laughs> levity in moments that shouldn't have been lev- uh Levity, I don't comedied. <laughs> what? Funny, jeez, cheese and crackers. And like the whole game, like I said, European RPG, and you had. So you when you uh, you you do a little bit of exploring, like like kind of like the Risen games, you wake up with nothing, like you've been ransacked. I think the other like the Risen the Risen ones were you what you were one's the shipwreck and and two I don't remember how it exactly, you ran away from exactly home. starts but then three it's, it's these open world things where you start with nothing like I hate saying Skyrim because I, I don't like Skyrim but say Skyrim, Oblivion it was better yeah well, Oblivion you're in prison so you escape prison you've got nothing Oblivion you're a prisoner again because they're not very clever yeah and uh, you've got nothing so there's always there's always an excuse to those open world games where you have except for Witcher but uh, you always excuse why you have nothing so you start around, you find a stick, and you're kind of exploring. And the exploring of these of these kind of games is interesting because you're always looking around, finding knickknacks and finding stuff, and you find like this pair of pants that makes you one point more defense. You're like, sweet, I love these pants because it's just finding every little piece that just gets you going. And you explore this first little area, find picking picking up every every knickknack you see, everything, whacking on these mutant mutant rat things. The combat is just action, kind of action based, kind of. Kind of loose, kind of janky combat. It's just because it's this. This is this isn't a triple A studio. Uh, Your combat revolves around you get three options. You have uh, magic, sword, and guns. Yeah. I like I said I played a little bit. Or some sort of melee weapon. It's not always swords. Yeah, a melee weapon of sort. You know, axe hammer. Um, but I played for a while. And you, you awaken near a berserker camp, and that's where you start talking to everybody and we're getting delve into the mythos yeah, you, of the you, world. You meet a guy, 
takes you you actually give it a choice actually we, we both made the same choice but i wonder if it's different if you branch off that guy gives you the choice of whether or not to follow him to that town yeah that is true i assume being the open nature you don't have to you yeah. don't have to follow him at all but it, it did seem like that that area was kind of a, a home base of sorts because you could warp back there yeah. you had a fireplace you could warp back there and look like you could send other people there because mm-hmm. i think i sent one person there and he's like oh okay i'll set up a shop there thank you after i saved him as one of the side quests mm-hmm. so i think the game has potential to be you know very fun very deep um, i'm sure it's good i mean honestly honestly i said it before there's a pretty good chance we'll revisit this game i mean i never played the third risen but you know I'd love for elix to get uh, some sort of enhancement would be nice yeah uh, one thing i found weird is Elix, the name of the game, which is where the magic comes from, how you pair power technology. It also seems to be the form of currency used in the world as well. Is that is there not gold or anything? I don't remember. Not, not gold. It was all Elix, shard, it. Elix shards, crystals, and something else. And then that's how you buy stuff. Yeah, you would trade that stuff in for equipment. Equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to forget the one thing it has that. Uh, it's pretty useful when you get it really early is a jetpack. Yeah. And you're has a whole button. To, well, it's, it's your jump button, right? You jump and hold it and you actually get to jetpack for a little while. I wonder, I wonder if that'll get a upgraded throughout the game. It's just handy having a, it put, it adds a level of a exploration that and verticality to the a genre that doesn't normally kind of have that. There's usually some jumping in these games, but you're not, you're not rocketing up the side of a tower, you know, it's just like you see things that in this version, like you see built your own buildings and you see stuff and you're like, I mean, I can actually, I can get to that. I have a jetpack. Well, I remember you getting boost parts. Getting boost, just that you really you get some. You got a thing that lets your thing last longer, so you could shoot higher. Yeah, stuff. I, think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I got any upgrades. Because you also get a, uh, a, I got, I managed to get one of them, and I wanted to get another. But you get companions, but only one at a time. Mm-hmm. Companions. I think those in the other games as well. Because one of the ones I was shooting for was you get. Albs have these little companion flying robots, mm. and when you were found, uh, home yours, yours was broken. Yours was broken, and uh, the thief stole it and everything. And you were trying to find him. I what really wanted him back because I managed to talk to him briefly, but he was sort of broken. He had no combat functions. I had to like keep coming back to him and try to fix him up. But the mm. parts I needed had me literally going halfway across the map, and I was like, I don't want to run all the way there. For no reason, I wanted to have some side quests and stuff. Supposed along. to like lead you in that direction, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's one something to do when you're off and heading that direction anyway. But, uh, but I got up. But you get up in that first that berserker town. It's it's pretty large and it's already kind of kind of daunting on its own. It's a multi layered like a like a like on a hillside multi uh, multi tiered city. There's a lot of stuff. You start talking to a lot of people. They're like, "Go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy." And you're like, "Woo." Maybe I shouldn't have come to the city so early in the game, or maybe I don't know because I'm not really. You get wrapped up in that city for fuck a couple like the couple hours that I played yeah. was wrapped up in that city, and I got kind of tired of being in that city. I mean, that's kind of put, put me off a little bit. A little bit. I spent my entire time in a town dealing with people's politics and bullcrap, and I was like, I don't care about any of you. Why are you asking me to do you favors when I walked in and you spit at my feet and called me a, a stranger just because I because. He does have, because uh, they shun technology, but he ha- he does have a uh, a piece of technology, like a touchscreen mobile device embedded into his wrist, and they make him cover it up with like a bracer. Really? 
but you you mean you when you when you use it or whatever it shines up it's like a projects a holographic screen he can interact with it so it doesn't like when the bracer doesn't keep him from using it it just keeps people from seeing it yeah but use anytime you would use that like but i'd be standing in outside of a bar or outside of a pub and i'd go to hit the menu button and the menu button was to bring that screen up people were like hey you should put that away if you don't want to get shunned like you did that yeah people were i was like well screw you yeah. And I would rock it off on my booster pack onto the roof so people couldn't talk to me and I'd do my stuff up there. But the booster pack also worked as a cheat. You talk about cliffs and high towers. Jump off and, and, poof, yeah. poof, 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 and you know feather your way with your booster pack until land. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, Had a lot of good stuff going for it, but I just wasn't feeling it at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you have uh, any questions or anything? Uh no, I don't remember. Is there any... Because um, the uh, graphics were good. The, the, for what they were, they were good. I mean, a, this game's a couple of years old now. Like I said, 2017. Yeah, there have been games look better now. It would, it would be great to do... I mean, they're kind of... Although they have the manpower to do a Series X update or if Piranha Bytes just moved on. I think, I think... So I think... Because I remember... Because I see the THQ thing. I think THQ actually absorb piranha bites after after elix came out so maybe so they too. maybe they got some more funding maybe maybe piranha bites is moving on to another game probably i didn't see if they're working on anything else at the moment but they'd they probably are yeah Piranha bites fits right in with the thq catalog i feel like thq nordic catalog the kind of stuff the kind of companies that they absorb and buy and help out they fit right in there i feel like um i think it's probably a cool game uh for sure uh even talking about it now, I kind of think maybe I, should, I already kind of think maybe I should have played a, played a little longer. Maybe got outside that city, did some more exploring. Um, so I think uh, if it hits Game Pass, or if we see it on on sale for like fifteen bucks or something, yeah, I've seen maybe. it on sale a couple of times, like thirty or forty bucks. I was like, God, I want to pay that much. I mean, open world RPGs are worth that kind of money because they're so big, but I just didn't know if it was... We're frugal and yeah. cheap. So 15 yeah. bucks, maybe. It is a little big for a game. We kind of kind of prefer Gamefly games to be a little shorter. Yeah. So we can get it and beat it and move on to something else. So maybe it wasn't a great Gamefly game, per se. There's a chance we might buy it if it hits, hits Game Pass. There's already a tons of things and a lot of other large RPGs on Game... As Game Pass gets bigger... Um, I think we'll go back to it at some point. Honestly, dude, I don't know when. I couldn't say when, but I think there's a pretty good chance. I mean, you kind of because you, you, you've gone on to play other other big games now since yeah. then. I went on to play, which we'll talk about in episodes or two from now. But yeah, I did go play onto a pretty big open world, mm-hmm. like 60, 70 hour game. Yeah, so it's not like we don't. We don't know if we don't play. I just don't know. Is it? It's impossible to explain unless you people play the game and you're just like, eh, it's not. I don't. It's not the time for this. This is not what I'm. What I'm really up for right now. It's. This is a feeling. I'm sure everybody feels when they when they're playing a certain game. Um, maybe they excited because I've been I've been looking at Elix for years. I was like, cool, finally I'm gonna play the new Piranha Bytes game, and then I just ran around for a little while, and it just wasn't it wasn't hitting the right the right notes for me at the at the time. I feel like I've, I've I've maybe missed out a bit because there's a lot of cool stuff, or maybe uh maybe I'm looking. For, I often do. I'm often looking for more of a a fantasy vibe. Maybe maybe it was the technology and the other things were just kind of like, man, I just kind of want to fight some some kobolds and some 
and some other kind of more monsters. But you did fight monsters in that game. And he looks like some genetically enhanced weird creatures and stuff. Yeah. And I fought a troll, and it wrecked me. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, it popped you one time. That was it. But I did get to cheat kill him because I was actually out of the village, and I was going to talk to this hunter about a murder, mm-hmm. and he had an apprentice, and I uh, kited the troll over <laughs> to them, and then they started attacking him, and he was focused on them, and I, we managed to kill the troll, and I got some pretty decent equipment. I think that's how I was able to upgrade my my rocket pack because he gave me some like cool metal he had or something on him. Yeah. Heck, I'd love to play it again. Talking about it just just, just a little bit makes me realize it makes me think I should have stuck with it, but we'll see. I, I probably won't put I probably won't put it back on Game Five because I won't, we'll wait for a sale of some sort. Oh, I'm fine waiting for a sale. Yeah, uh, if you if any any of that sounds interesting, it's uh, worth looking into. I do recommend the the two of the three Risen games that I've played. I, I recommend them, and uh, people know Gothic. I know of Gothic. I just never played it because it was always a PC exclusive. I don't think any Gothic games made it to console. You didn't see anything like that. I don't, I don't think so. I didn't. I, I didn't really look into them. Yeah, I, I was think, just I looking I'm not for sure any Gothic looks. games. Now, but now, now it's a pretty ripe time actually because um, a lot of old PC games are coming to console now, like all the Icewind Dales and the Baldur's Gates. It wouldn't be a bad time things. to just release a a, a trilogy uh, pack for both of them, like yeah, an HD trilogy remake. Yeah, a trilogy pack. Now maybe THQ Nordic will do that because a lot of that stuff's been happening. So we could we might see the uh, Gothics come to a uh, console at some point. That's actually not a far fetched idea. I'd, I'd be interested. We 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 do have. I don't I don't know how we'll play them, but we, we do have stuff like the Icewind Dale pack and the the Baldur's Gate. Not like the the recently the recently re put out Dark Alliance, which is an action RPG. There's the old Baldur's Gate games, which are more, uh, I don't know, they're turn-based. Didn't, or they're... didn't they do the same thing with Bard's Tale recently? Wasn't Bard's Tale? Like... Bard's Tale's been out. Bard's Tale, the, the, three, the, four, the three original games, a fourth new game, and the and the action RPG when we've played have all been released. They're all on Game Pass right yeah, now. Yeah, but were they on? I think, I, think they're, uh, I think they're by a company that Microsoft absorbed, so they all ended up on Game Pass. Okay, so I mean... Cool things can happen. It's it's not outside the realm of possibility, especially nowadays. Well, yeah, with Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance uh, being announced and launching on console the same day, which everybody's been pretty excited about on the internet. But, uh, I, I don't want to hop down that rabbit hole, but I'm really excited for Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Oh, yeah. Is it one and two or just one at the just moment? Just one right now, but I'm sure, I mean, it's, it's excited everybody's been. I'm sure two is right behind it. But we're anyway. Gonna, we're going to put too many hours into that, but... Uh, um, you want to move on? Now, the last game I didn't play at all. We saved it, we saved it for last because it is the game that Blake did put the most time into. Uh, I didn't touch it at all because I, I was kind of letting him test the water. We, we talked about before, we, we'll each try a game and be like, well, I don't know if you'll like this or not. And he kind of played enough. And I was like, uh, he's like, don't bother because the, the game is highly political. Yeah, highly, and fictionally I, all, political. Politics bore the ever-loving crap out of me. Uh so he told me, told me from the get go, don't don't even bother playing this. The characters aren't good enough to balance out the amount of politics this game is. So don't even bother playing it. So I will be all but silent on this little last the last part of this for the third game. Ugh, I'll stop talking now. Okay, the our final game we'll be talking about is called Valkyria Revolution.
Now, it originally came out in Japan January 17th, 2017. And then June 27th, it hit North America. And then June 30th, it went worldwide. I don't know why they waited, but that's just how it happened. But it should be available everywhere on most consoles. We played on Xbox. I'm pretty sure it's Xbox and PlayStation for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, it was developed by MediaVision. And we've spoken about Media Vision at least a few times already, so I'm not going to go full into depth on them. You do the, the, the bullet points to remind people of what they've... We've had a few of their games already on here. Yeah, they've been around since 93. Uh, at the moment, as of 2020, they have 147 employees. They're based out of Japan, and they've made over 30 games. Mm-hmm. Now... Counting, I believe, the entire Valkyria series, Valkyria Revolutions and Chronicles 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they're responsible for the entirety of Wild Arms, I think. All of them? I think. At the very least, they get credit for creating it. Yeah. So I think this is a company because because we've talked about other games of theirs, and if you talk about the different Wild Arms to Valkyria Revolution, the games are vastly different. And having so many employees, I don't think, I don't know, but I don't think it's the same employees working on the same games. And over the past, from 93 to now, 2021, I really doubt it's the same people. I, I don't, I doubt the Wild Arms people are still hanging around that company. When was the last time we got but, a Wild Arms game, so I doubt it. It was a crappy mobile game. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's interesting to see the history of a company, even of some of the people. Now, people might be still around. They could have the same... They may be People, elevated in different but positions. There's, there's just nothing about like I think one of the, we you have other games you might you might have wrote down, but there's nothing about any of these games that you look at look did you look at and be like oh this is a media vision yeah this is definitely a media vision game you know because two other ones I have wrote down is Summon Night Six which, you which is probably about. like episode two or three frankly it was real it was a while, it was a while yeah a long time ago and, and that's a that's a gamefly game that you, uh I didn't finish before we started I doing I played like 1 hour of and you played a little bit it was too uh too talky I guess was it was, was it was like, almost a visual novel yeah and I just wasn't really enjoying it cuz it was just so wackadoo and I think it had it was a lot of fan service for people who would like Summon Night yeah cuz I was meeting all these people that I've Maybe from past games. Yeah, there's a lot of fanfare about meeting them, and I was like, I, I don't know who you are. I don't care. Yeah. But anyway, and the another one they get, and I'll talk about this game too at a later date because I, I beat them both. But uh, Digimon Stories, Cyber Sleuth, and uh, Hacker's Memory. Are, they, are, those the only, are those the only Digimon games they made? I think so. Okay. You like Cyber Sleuth. I, was... I like Cyber Sleuth for the most part. Yeah. The main story was good. A lot of the side quests were kind of lame. Uh, I tried. Uh, I'm a bit. We're, we're both big Digimon fans. I tried to play Hack, Cyber Sleuth and just people said it was like Persona meets Persona meets Digimon, and that was not the case for me. It was just so, so, so boring. They talked so much, and it was just. 
I don't know. It just wasn't fun for me. But the main fun for me for most Digimon games is the digivolving and de-digivolving and finding with the perfect party and stuff like that. I enjoyed that more than any of the side quests. None of the side quest stories were remotely funny or entertaining. It was all ended up being the same. Oh, this air conditioner is running on full blast. I wonder why. Hi, I'm a Frigimon. And I like things to be cold. And you're like, how about you don't do this? How about you go work at an ice cream shop? I'll do that. And it was just silly and nonsensical. But the main story itself was good. But I don't want to talk about that we'll right now. A, we'll probably do because Blake played and beat both. Yeah. Hacker's uh, Memory. Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory. Uh, I'll let him have a, have a part of an episode about that probably. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much time you'll need to talk about those. So, yeah, so we've talked about them a couple of times, and they're pretty and good. See, and you see there's no, take Wild Arms, and you take Digimon Cyber Sleuth, and you take the Valkyria series, even the Valkyria from, from Chronicles, and even Revol- Revolution's a black sheep, let's, we'll, we'll be honest. I think you, you, might, yeah. you might have some notes on that. I mean, Revolution is a black sheep in the Valkyria franchise, but none of these games have any kind of, <clears throat> or some of any of these games have anything about them. You're like, oh, these are, all, these are definitely all connected by the same company. There's just so many people there working, probably doing different projects at different times. So yeah, let's get to the um, the gameplay itself. It's a uh, standard action RPG, sort of. And when it comes to combat and stuff like that, and running around a, uh, a a town and then going into combat. Now, the story, it's not a. That's not necessarily a tool that I'm used to seeing, but the the tool, not the uh, tool, but the uh, the storytelling device that they used. It's not a um, a frame story or anything like. Well, I guess you call it a frame story, but it has a technical Latin term called in medias res. And so this can be used in several different storytelling. So here's some examples. Um, the, the movie Usual Suspects, the movie Kill Bill 2, uh, Star Wars A New Hope, technically, because it, what it does is it, it puts you in the middle of things and lets you go from there and discover things left or right, of or forward or backward of your timeline. Yeah. As well as... So being thrown in the middle of something. Yeah. I, don't, I hate that. And, and to another thing is uh, more recently, Deadpool 1 did it in a satirical fashion where you start on the bridge with him and he's like hold on a minute and well I got here and it kind of does that but I would still see that that's kind of where it talks you and this is where it starts because you spend like the first I don't know 30 or 45 minutes of the game not playing the game it's very visual novelty and I, I got through it because I wanted to because it starts as some random nameless student going to a graveyard to speak to his teacher about something that happened a hundred years ago. And what you play is what happened a hundred years ago. And it just, it was just annoying to see, because uh, you're at the gravesite of your characters that you're playing as. So you already know everyone's going to die. What's a hundred years later? I mean, exactly. <clears throat> but like, it takes a, uh, a sto- not really a story detour because uh, it has its own f- fictional historical things and like I think it's like a, a German Jutland 
And I think it's like a, a German-based because everyone has these weird. Not I don't say weird. Doesn't all the all the countries? I think they do that in the in the in the main franchise where they its countries are all based on real countries. Yeah, they're, they're, they use fake names, but they're they're clearly based on real countries. Yeah, and the Revolution even was an off. It was a spinoff, and it was even different from what has already been established established in Chronicles. So they had to shoehorn a bunch of stuff on you to try to pull you in, and it turned me off immediately. Because I was like, I don't like politics in real life, and I definitely don't like fictional politics that that don't affect me. <laughs> but everything I read about, because it got to a point where I was playing the game, but the game was unrolling so slowly that I was like, I don't want to play this. So I went out of my way to go online and read a synopsis of what happens. And the synopsis was about five paragraphs. And I was like, why have I played this for 20 hours only gotten enough stuff from the first paragraph? Yeah, like two sentences to the first paragraph? Yeah. But the story sounds really good, but I don't want to put in 60 hours of boringness to get the story. Just something interesting. And everything I read online, everyone was like, it's a cool idea. They should have just turned it into an anime. Dude, did an offshoot anime. Because the amount of... Because it's not even the same combat. It's... Anything. Yeah, so you said action, action based combat, which is just button mashing nonsense. But not really. You have a, it's an ATB action combat. Which that, which, now the few reviews that I read were talking about how that 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 makes the game more like it, it makes it worse. Yeah, you're like, it's like I'd rather just have button mashing this this ATB nonsense in an action game. Yeah, because retarded. Because I get a full ATB bar, and then depending on what I do, it takes a percentage of my ATB bar. But if I just straight up physical attack, I can do about three, maybe four attacks, depending on if they're light or heavy. And then I guess you gotta wait. Stand there and wait. Or and an, I, but it, it doesn't work well. I am fine with an ATB bar in like a turn-based RPG, but not in an action battle combat. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because all because it'll get to a point where because you can. Um, which one I'm looking for? You can control your other individuals and like hotkey certain spells and stuff like that for your your party, and you can use everything. And then you can just literally have all your people waiting for their ATB bar stand to to fill in the middle of a combat situation while you're being gunned at by other people. Yeah, it doesn't work because it's it just. I was so you say the uh, it's, been, it's been a while since we played them. We do have the an HD whatever remaster of like Chronicles. We have Chronicles one. Chronicles one is the only one. Chronicles one and Chronicles four on console, two and three. You got lost in the mobile mobile world like Vita games or yeah. PSP games, but uh, the Chronicles series is actually turn based. Yeah, so turn, actually, people take turns and they it's all it's more gun, turn it's based more, it's and cover gun. based. Turn and cover based of all mostly all guns and it's more of a, a war scenario to yeah. To I've played the original, but it's been a long. I only played it on the PS3. I haven't played. I remember the PS4. really liking it, but I don't I don't remember beating it. So I don't know what happened. Maybe a better game came along yeah. and I just kind of. We we, we own the Valkyrie Chronicles one remaster on PS4. It's sitting in the house somewhere. That could come down the line at some point. We have a lot of games sitting in the house. Yeah. yeah, so but it's a, a a vast departure from a pretty a very tactical turn-based cover-based RPG series from one through four to do this weird action turn action ATB nonsense. It was just a strange turn, and then uh, as far as I could, would would gather, it was universally just kind of panned. Like everybody hated what what they did with the combat. So I'm I'm going to spoil this game. 
for okay. just so I'm going to let you know right now, I'm going to spoil a lot of the story. Yeah, bang on through it. I don't care. I ain't going to play it. Because people, some of the guys, I've read through some of the reviews, like Drew said, and like the biggest complaints were the amount of load screens, which there were quite a few. This is before you had your, was this before you had your series? X? Yeah. So there was, a, every anytime I did anything, there was a load screen for doing anything, going from this room to that room. Like, there was no smooth transitioning, except for once I was in combat, it was cool. But then once I beat combat, I had to go through all the load screens and then load back to the the graphic quality. People talked about how that it was, it came out later, it looks worse. but it looked worse than some of the other Chronicles games. Yeah, probably more than four, maybe. Yeah. And it talked about uh, the biggest complaint from a lot of people was the story delivery. It was so slow and drawn out. And then... The game could have been half as long and yeah. more entertaining. Because one of the cool things is that they developed a... People talk about the art quality of the game, the graphic quality. The art quality, they, de- they used a specific engine called the... Um, Goldock Drawing Engine. And it made everything look like a uh, a water not a water painting, but it made everything look like a faded painting. Yeah, I mean the Valkyrie Chronicles games look like that, don't they? Well, they a little bit. They're a little more crisp. Mm. This everything looked like a faded painting because mm. because it, it just I guess it wanted to give you the historical feeling from the get go. Like anytime you're in a cut, like running a, actually you know you're running around like your character was a little crisp but like everything in the background kind of looked like a faded painting. Yeah. And it it was a kind of an interesting art choice. Mm-hmm. And but it didn't really do anything for me cuz I was just like I don't care about any of these things. And so when it comes to combat as well we spoke that mm-hmm. se- about that second ago is you got melee, long range, grenades, healing items and alchemy which is the the magic for the game and depending on what you used it made your atb guard away so on and so forth was there mp for magic or everything used a certain amount of atb everything was atb i think magic was number of uses per fight and then it just restored at the end of the thing but i didn't get too far into the magic so as i talked about the whole game starts with some nameless faceless university student speaking to his teacher about the five traitors Mm -hmm. and how what they learn in the history books doesn't always match up. And he's asking her because apparently her great-great-grandmother, her great-great-great-grandmother was there. And so she has a direct line of knowledge. And her family has all been teachers to the royal family. Like her great-great-grandmother was the teacher of Princess Ophelia, who you get on your party during the this great Jutland War. And whew, there's a lot that goes on there. Some of the politicking. The main thing is it revolves around the five traitors, which are Amlet, who you play as. Through the he, He's your main bro. And then his four friends, which are Basil, Fret, Solomon, and Violet. And each of them, when they were super, super young, like five, six years old, they were in an orphanage. And they're, I don't say madam, that sounds wrong, but the, the, the boss lady of the orphanage, the lead lady, the mother, mm-hmm. was a lady named uh, Miss Maria. So 
we're in Jutland, and the Ruzi Empire comes over and takes over Jutland. And in the crossfire, their orphanage is blown up while they're out playing, uh, hiding in the fields or something. Because they knew the war was coming, and their teacher told them to go hide. Because if the people came, they were going to take the children and force them into the military. Uh, they blew up the orphanage and killed their teacher. And so these five, six-year-olds all go, hey, we're going to destroy the empire. And they're like, whatever. Jump ten years. All five of these individuals have worked very diligently very diligently to get to like high positions of power to start influencing decisions. Your buddy Basil is the uh, highest ranking member of the industrial sector of the military and civilians Mm -hmm. to the point that the military has come to him to make their military weapons and crap because they can't handle it the way he can. And then your buddy... Uh, Solomon is like a super high politician in the chamber of commerce or something. And he's helping influence shaking decisions and doing shady backdoor dealings with the Ruzi empire and another country called Isperia to get them to try to start, stop trusting one another and crap like that to start a war because you've been, uh, Jutland has been conquered by the Ruzi empire for the last 20 years. Yeah. Then your friend Violet is a super spy, and she's basically just sleeping with anyone of power to get knowledge, to feed to Solomon so that he can blackmail people into doing what he wants. And then your buddy Frit is... um, Is everybody super smart, and then your female character is just banging people? I mean, she's doing other stuff. Well, she's also an assassin. Okay, that seems kind of sexist. Like, all these dudes are doing cool stuff with the chick, and eh, just go, go bang people. Well, she's getting knowledge, feeding the knowledge to Solomon, and she's also assassinating world leaders. Okay. World leaders or world leaders, people. She's, she's I don't want to say getting around like it's a mean thing, but she's using what she has to get what needs to be done. She's killing people, feeding knowledge, and she's feeding false information to these people. Yeah. She's like, oh, I... I was at this ballroom with so-and-so, and he talked about their army doing that, and she was just spreading the false information to all of these different people. And then the buddy Frit runs the news outlet for Jutland. And so every time they do anything, he starts publishing all these, and he like researches the right words to use, basically the trigger words and keywords you search for online to... Yeah. Instead of using the word war or retaliation, he he would be like, or invasion, he would use the words like liberation and justice war to get the people of Jutland on your side. To It was just super political. Yeah. All that stuff going yeah. on. I'm, I'm falling asleep listening to this. I know. And then your buddy, the play, person you play as, Amlet, he works again for the military and he has established the Anti-Valkyria Squad which is a group of, uh, well, I think 12 people specifically trained on how to kill Valkyria. And Valkyria are these mythical beings that can just kill people. Not kill people, but they are like, they're human, humanoid weapons. And then all your technology is specifically built by Basil to kill, like you have the high, your squad is the most advanced technologically of anybody in the military. So your buddy Frit is the strongest military person, you know, with power, not like political power, but physical power than anybody in the entirety of Jutland. And so 
you guys, I'm sure people are falling asleep right now because I was falling asleep. <laughs> and it just does all of that. And it just feeds you all this information. And you're just like, is this like, is it, does the game have cutscenes or is it two portraits talking it to each other? It actually does do cutscenes, okay. which I which I thought was kind of, and they're kind of low quality cutscenes, but they do have people interacting. It doesn't just do the two uh, portraits side by side and they just do sound effects in the background. They actually had cutscenes and they were pretty good cutscenes. And like I said, everything, I, I didn't finish it. I played far longer than I should have, about 15 or 20 hours. Mm. And then as I played through it, I just got tired of it. And that's when I read the synopsis to figure out all the, like, it, it does a thing where one of your team members figures out that what you guys are planning. And he's like, don't worry, I won't tell anybody. He then dies. And his sister, who comes in, and ha- with the exact same combat role that he does, his exact same level and has all of his exact same abilities, yeah. comes in to Con- replace conven- him. Conveniently. And she, even though he told no one the secret, she knows all the stuff. It's like, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. <laughs> it's like, what's the point of killing that character then? It it changed nothing. Yeah. And it was just, oh, so just annoying and just everything I read would have been like, you should have just turned it into a 20-episode anime and called it a day instead of this. Some of some people, some people, things I looked at, it's like, oh, I played it for 100 hours. I played it for 70 hours. And those people were also like, the story kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't look at them playing that long, man. Maybe the combat, because you get the combat and upgrading materials and stuff like that. And like, I could see combat you being... you run, run the same missions over and over again or something yeah. like that, trying to get better stuff? Or it was a, you could have a loop of never-ending side quests and missions. But I was, like, the, the music was good. The art, I, though the quality was a little low, the the graphics, well, the graphics were a little low. The art quality was kind of cool. Like, I like the, the washed-out water paintings and... I didn't really hate any of the characters and it was all voice acting too. Mm. I just, you're just dumping so much politics on me about stuff that I don't care. Mm -hmm. And then they would get into these rooms and everyone, it would do that thing where two people would be in a room and they would be having a conversation, but they would be like having a sword battle with words. You, You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I didn't know that the, I will say, uh, I didn't know that the uh, the Ironwood facilities were in such dire needs. Oh, really? Well, I didn't know that the, the mining companies were uh, smuggling in weapons. To, uh, they were just, it was all rumor. And I was just like, this is so annoying. I hate this so much. Yeah. Is it politics nonsense? Yeah. But, oh, I'm smarter than you. Listen to my wordplay. Ooh, I'm smarter than you listen to my wordplay. <laughs> I like the politics. So like, I don't like what you're saying. I don't like what you're saying. Let's go to war. We'll kill all your people. I'm right. That's how we decide that. That's the politics of like medieval style politics. I like to say I hate the words, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And nothing gets done. Yeah. Just words, 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 words. And I hate it. And so I was really annoyed with the game and I ended up stopped playing it. 
And I don't really have much else to say about that. I got, I got, not, I got nothing for it. I will never touch a game that's basically 100% politics. I'm glad I avoided it. And I get to a point, uh, <clears throat> this is where I'm going to spoil some of the game. Again? Yeah, I'm actually going to spoil the game. All right, well. Um, it turns out that uh, the Ruzi Empire, did it, when they blew up your orphanage, didn't actually end up killing Miss Maria. They kidnapped her, tortured her, and turned her into a Valkyria to come and take over Jutland. So your big final decision to kill the Ruzi Empire is you've killed everybody, you're going to attack the Emperor, and he was like, nah, you guys ain't killing me. Slits his own throat and jumps out of a window. And then all your people get hung for treason. The end. Really? Yeah. So you don't even actually get to kill the bad guy. He kills himself because he knows he's going to lose, but he takes that away from you and tells you that Miss Maria, the Valkyria, the Valkyria you just killed was your their precious Miss Maria. So you killed your Miss Maria not knowing that she was the Valkyria. So you're sad. All your information gets leaked to your home country. They're mad at you for throwing them to a war they didn't want to be into, though your freedom... You still started war, so they hang hang you off for treason, and the Ruzi Empire guy kills himself. So you don't actually get satisfaction about anything. Well, and I was just really annoyed by it. That's that, that's just the synopsis that you read. You, yeah, you didn't play that. Yeah, I didn't play that, and I was just like, ugh. So I'm glad I'm glad I spent 20 minutes reading a synopsis instead of another 20 hours playing the game. 40 hours. Probably. 40 hours. Yeah. Uh. I'm I'm done talking about the game, frankly. Yeah, everybody's probably asleep right now. Mm-hmm. Unless people like some some folks like politics. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to wake up for the last bit of the podcast, Blake is going to try to sell you on a TV show. Uh, the TV show, uh, what two or three seasons and then canceled. It got one season. One season and canceled. It got one season. I thought it was two. Mm. One season, six episodes. That's all I got. It felt so much longer than that. Maybe, only, maybe they're hour-long episodes. Were they hour-long? 30 minutes. What? Yeah. If I, Me too. I, my mind was blown when I was looking into it. It's only six 30-minute episodes. It's like a lot happens. It's really silly. So this is a, a comedy. This is a comedy show. Uh, really easy to watch. Obviously canceled. Really short. I say still still worth your time because of the because of the comedy itself is uh, is uh, pretty great. It's a low-stakes comedy. But it's a, I think it's a fun watch. I'm let Blake tell you about it. Let's see here. <clears throat> I'm be talking about. It's called Jean Claude Van Johnson. It is an Amazon Prime or Prime Video exclusive, original, whatever you want to call it. It came out in uh, August 19th, 2016. We said earlier it only got. It's that old. Yeah, it's that old. It only got six episodes, and each episode only it was 30 minutes. And it was unfortunately canceled after season one. Mm. So at the very least, it's a really long movie. But it's funny. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. So it was, uh, I'm going to do the creator and the director. Because it had the same director for every episode. So I'm going to give you a little bit of what you're kind of getting into. So the creator, he's more than anything, he appears to be a script doctor. And he's written very few things himself. Hmm. 
uh, he wrote the Doom movie in 2005. God. He actually wrote the Expendables movie, the more recent one. He didn't write any of the sequels, but he wrote that one. He then went on to script Doctor uh, Godzilla, Ant-Man. He wrote, supposedly, Zombieland Double Tap. He wrote... He also did script doctoring for Wonder Woman 84, Mortal Kombat, and Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings coming out. But he also has been contacted to write these two specific things. He'll be writing the Spider-Verse 2 movie. And he'll be writing the live-action Hercules from Disney's going to be putting out. Mm. So, he mean, obviously enough of his work is enjoyed that he's getting two pretty big chances. Yeah, Spider-Verse 2 seems, seems seems a weird pull for him since that, that, that was so handled by those two guys who run that company. Yeah, but like, so maybe it's in a script doctor capacity, not just to specifically write it. Mm-hmm. So, so he's got some decent things in his roster. I don't know what he did, but he's attached to those, and I like most of those movies. So... Now, as far as the director of everything is a gentleman named uh, Peter Artencio. And his big claim to fame is uh, he directed most of the episodes of Key and Peele. Hmm. And then his directorial movie debut was he directed Keanu. Okay, so he's really attached to those guys. Yeah. Comedy. He's also directed a bunch of episodes of Last Man on Earth and Twilight Zone. And he, got, he got Twilight Zone because he knew Jordan. Cause of, yeah, because of Jordan. And he also had another show he made called Making History on Fox. And it was, oddly enough, a comedy time travel show that only went six episodes before it got canceled as well. So I don't know. Hmm. He just keeps making stuff that keeps getting canceled because maybe he's making stuff that he thinks is funny. He doesn't care what anyone else thinks. No, maybe. Now... The whole point of Jean-Claude Van Johnson is the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme, the action star who, if you don't know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is, just look him up. I mean, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Hard Target. He's in uh, Expendables 2 and 3. He's in basically a, Universal Soldier. He's in Cyborg. He's more in, like an 80s, 90s action star. Yeah. A pretty big one at that. Yeah. He's also a huge... In, uh, kickboxing like he's got multiple belts and he's an actual martial artist on top of all that he's a dutch i think i don't know anyway really awesome i love all of his movies he was guile in the street fighter movie if you want to bring that up and so how this goes is jean-claude van damme was his cover (laughs) his real name is jean-claude van johnson and he's an international uh spy and he goes, and so they would, the story kind of rolls out that whenever he was going somewhere to film a movie, he was also there in a spying capacity to take out a, a world leader or some sort of vicious black market target or something like that. And so he decided when, when he retired from acting, it wasn't because he was retiring from acting, it was because he was retiring from being a spy. And that's how the whole thing Kind of comes it's a little on the nose. Yeah, it's, it's kind of meta. In a way. Yeah, it's real meta. To the point that every episode has like nonstop references to all of his movies, mm-hmm. all of them. And at one point, people are talking about like the best time travel movie. And one of them, someone's like talking like Back to the Future. Someone else is talking about the Terminator. And then someone goes, "Oh yeah, Jean Claude." 
dude does this and then like at one point because it's these three it's these bad guys talking then he kicks down the door and they're like Jean-Claude Van Damme just like his movie Time Cop you watch Time Cop you get to live and he roundhouse kicks everybody else and kills them and tells that guy to run away because he liked Time Cop <laughs> and it was just it's it's a very self-aware very Extremely silly self-aware. silly show I yeah. can kind of see why it didn't go longer but I kind of wish it at least got another six episode second season or something because mm-hmm. it's really funny because what happens is he gets bored being retired and wants to come back. And the only thing they could get... because he's Nobody wanted him back. Nobody that's, wanted that's him part, back. That's part of the... That's part of that real world mixed up kind of stuff mixed in. Jean-Claude Van Damme tried to come back and kind of nobody cares anymore because it's, it's, we're in the 2000s and whatever. Nobody cares about Jean-Claude Van Damme no more. That's kind of... It's on the nose. He's, Jean-Claude Van Damme is very self-aware in the show and stuff like that. He puts all that into this... And through I, this comedy. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to ru- ruin some of the comedic moments because it's just really funny. Is that part relating with, with, with the with the drifting with the car? Is that the car thing where like he, he magically knows how to drift? Somebody tries to explain drifting to him and he's like, I got it. And, and he's... I'll, he's I'll, an he's, expert. He's, in a, like five, he's, he's an expert drifter. <laughs> like two seconds later. It's just silly. Silly, silly, silly funny. But because he's Jean-Claude and no one can get him work but he wants to come back as a spy so they're like the only way you can do this we have one job here and the only person willing to take you on is this movie and it is a super action or a non-stop action violent action remake of the uh of huckleberry finn and so they have jean-claude van damme coming in and playing huckleberry finn (laughs) and so he's making a movie whilst doing all this other stuff and the comedy of it is just silly and trying to sell comedy on a podcast is probably difficult because you have to actually watch the the scenes and stuff play out okay one okay here's a good moment is he early on he's talking to his boss a lady named uh what her name her name's jane and she's his manager for everything and she's like, they've changed. The real world isn't like how your movies used to be. People aren't going to run at you one at a time and fight you one at a time so they don't hit one another. They're going to all pull guns out and shoot you at once. That's just how the real world works. And he's like, nah, you don't understand how the real world works at all. You're too busy in your tower over here just absorbing money from all these other action stars who are spies. And you try to make it think like it's a real thing. And then like the climax of like that first episode is like he gets caught trying to do his spy thing because they ended up agreeing with him. And like these, it's like 20 to 30 dudes come running into this room and they're like, we should, we should attack him. But only like two or three at a time because we don't want to accidentally hit each other. Right, guys? Right? Because I don't want to hit you with my belly club. This hurt, right? Okay, everyone go. And so they go in in teams of three and just until everyone's knocked out and dead. And... <laughs> She, uh, he grabs his like communications. Like, see, I told you that's how they do it in real life. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's funnier when you see it. I hate because la- I'm in my head. I'm seeing the scene, and it's, it's really funny. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing yeah. is, I think, for comedy, nothing is better than when. It, yes, it's self-aware, but it plays it a hundred percent real. 
And that makes it all the funnier. Like with Airplane or watching the Naked Gun movie. Like, it's a comedy. But the best part of the comedy is they're playing it real. They're not tongue-in-cheeking it or anything like that, usually. Yeah, I don't think John Claude's not, like, winking. He's not winking at, winking at the camera. No. Like, he, like I said, he's making a bunch of references to his own movies. But that's the biggest wink. Yeah. Which is a pretty big wink, but it's it's a really funny show. And like I said, it's six episodes. You have nothing to lose for, what is that, three hours? You can do two episodes every other day or something. Yeah. I might watch it again. Cause I, I, thought, I thought that was a you, lot you longer. You try than... to watch it with Jessica one night. or yeah. I, I, I don't know if she'd appreciate Jean-Claude Van Damme very much. She probably won't. And she wouldn't know the, know the references to his movie. We watched Hard Target. Gosh. We've seen Hard Target a thousand times. Way too many times. Like I said, Hard Target. I've seen Street Fighter a few times, but it'd be it'd be like Hard Target, Bloodsport, and Kickboxer were like the stuff that I watched the most. Mm-hmm. Loved Hard Target, man. It's. I mean, we watched it recently. We watched Hard Target on VHS tape. Oh yeah, that's, that's how old we are. Yeah, ancient. We wore out that VHS tape of Hard Target. Hard Target, and we had a VHS tape of. Uh, so we read the other day, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is kind of like I own Fast Times. It's, it's almost kind of like a that same style as like Sixteen Candles or something. Not, not yeah. really. Not, not, not oh, yeah. It's a little more vulgar than Sixteen Candles. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. But anyway, it was, it was kind of the same like VHS tapes. We just watched it over and over again. We watched Hard Target like so many times. I, I like what's funny is now as an adult and going back and rewatching Hard Target, I found out that Hard Target was directed by John Woo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I laughed about it because I'm like, I've seen a lot of other John Woo movies. And for some reason, there's always a door getting kicked down and pigeons flying. Is it in the movie? Is it in Hard Target? Oh, yeah. It's in Hard Target. And that, there's that, it's that one movie, uh, the John Woo video game. I forget what the name of it. but you remember, Stranglehold. Stranglehold. That was a good pool. Yeah. But like he kicks down doors in Stranglehold and pigeons come flying out. And I was just like, what? I would just loves pigeons. Man. Yeah, he loves the kick down door and pig- maybe it's like a oh my, but it happens in I think every single one of his movies. There's a kick down of something and pigeons come exploding out of a door. It's just this thing, I guess. It's like him and he could kick doors with pigeons and Guillermo what? loves saturated saturated lights and scenes. And Michael Bay likes explosions. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, that's all we got. It's, it's, I said it's hard to really hard to. I don't know if we did any. How many comedy things have we done on the podcast? Not too many, frankly. Comedy's comedy, even harder than anything else. Comedy's hard to sell without you actually witnessing the comedy. This is a straight comedy. It's an action comedy TV show. I well, do. We, well, we did Future Man. Future Man's a hundred percent comedy. Uh, Future Man's more word comedy than well, they're actually they're somewhat similar. Yeah, in a way with the action and the comedy. Actually, that's kind of similar to Van Johnson. Says, I don't want to see because I could see Jean Claude. He didn't, but spoilers. But I could see Jean Claude Van Damme appearing in. Because it's if self-aware. Man, he'd, he'd, he'd be so funny if he. Oh, it'd be so funny if he, if he had popped in the future man. He'd be perfect. Perfect. The time fit, cop reference and all over the place. It would be amazing. God, that would have been. Great. It would have been oh, amazing. They, they missed an opportunity there. Oh well. But maybe he's too. No, serious. He, he knows he ain't. No. Yeah. This is the most comedy I've ever seen John Claude Van Damme do. Oh yeah, true. And he he did it well. He did it really well. Yeah. Like I'm not. I mean, he, I mean, I'm sure he's a good actor. Actually, you've never seen it, but I do want to watch it with you. It's literally called JCVD. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, like after he's retired, and the movie sounds like just like this. Yeah, but it, it, um, I guess I'll show you guys on a second movie too, just kind of out of nowhere. It's another Jean Claude Van Damme movie. It's literally called JCVD, and it's him retired, just kind of doing his own thing, and he's just in line at a bank, 
he's going to take, take out some money or something. And these people come in and rob the bank. And while they're robbing the bank, they're like, hey, is that, is that Jean-Claude Van Damme? They're like, yeah, that's Jean-Claude Van Damme. So they kidnap Jean-Claude Van Damme and make everyone think that Jean-Claude Van Damme is robbing the bank. And then it kind of explodes into like a thriller from there while everyone's hunting down Jean-Claude Van Damme for robbing a bank when he was the one who's being kidnapped and held hostage. How do you kidnap Jean-Claude Van Damme? At gunpoint. When he just beat your ass? At gunpoint mm-hmm. with a lot of guns. And if you, like, if you don't get in the van, we'll shoot everyone in this room type thing. Mm-hmm. You, seen that, you seen the movie or you just seen I, When I worked at Blockbuster, yeah, it came out like in around, I think like 2008, 2009. Okay. And then he's kind of come out with the, with the extended expendables and a few other movies since then. He's kind of come back a little he bit. Semi, he was semi-retired, wasn't he? Yeah, he can, he really was. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, yeah, maybe you watch both movies. Uh, well, they're, one's they're, a TV show, one's a movie. Yeah, but they're both. not they're not related. Besides being Jean Claude Van Damme, I don't think that JCV is not a comedy, is it? No, it's more. It's a. It's it's supposed. It's a really. I don't say really serious, but it is a serious movie. Like yeah. it's an action thriller. Uh. Jean-Claude Van Johnson is, he said, Blake said, is Amazon original. Six episodes. It's all on. It'll be on Amazon forever. I don't know if you already have Amazon or I said most people have absorbed Amazon by now. Most people are prime. A lot of people are prime members just for the two-day delivery. Included. So it's all on there. I say it's worth watching. Definitely worth your time. It's just like, it's just a long, a long comedy movie. I kind of want to watch it again. Now that we've talked about it, we might sit down to it again. Because it's short and sweet. Just boom, boom. Might watch it again. Uh, you got anything, is there a, you got any taglines? Did you forget to look, did you forget to look again? I I didn't forget to look. I have it right here in my notebook. At least pretend to make a paper noise over there. As he looks through his notebook for this tagline. I can't, I can't fake it no longer. We're lying. He didn't look it up. He's looking up it now. Mm-hmm. I got nothing for this. You gotta really do this before the. I should. I kind of forget because it's hard to find for taglines for TV shows. For TV shows. Yeah. What's that bothering you? You don't, you don't have to find one. If there's nothing there. Then don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm laughing at the first line of dialogue in the show. I can't find a tagline. I'm not gonna right, worry about it. Let's drop it then. Anyway. We'll wrap up here. A shorter episode this week, which was uh, kind of kind of intentional. We, we, we felt like we had a couple of long ones in a row. The perfect time for a GameFly episode to bust through a couple of things on our GameFly list. Um, said, uh, follow us on all our social media. Join our stuff. Uh, talk to us about things. We can't. Get, no, nobody ever comes and talk to us. Talk to us about things. Uh, come join our streams on Twitch. We play a lot of our co-op games together. We've been streaming a bit of uh, some, some stuff. We're trying to do more. It's, you know, lining up schedules is hard, but trying to do more. We're streaming some games with uh, Garrett, you know, a past guest on the podcast. He does streaming too, so we've been trying to stream stuff with him. So drop in there, hang out, talk to us, make fun of us. We don't care. Just come and join us on all, our, all those fun things, and that's all I got for this week. Oh, by Blake's, you know, by Blake's story. He's still writing, so there'll be another one eventually. Hopefully it won't take near as much time as that one did. Yeah. Uh, That's all I've got. So uh, we'll see you on the next episode. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.